Welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, and I'm extremely excited for this week's episode with the one and only Major. Major is an incredible artist and producer. He is Grammy nominated. His songs have billions of listens. He has a gold plaque for his production on Bun B's album, Trill. He is also uh, Grammy nominated and has worked with artists like Justin Bieber on his album, Purpose. He also has an incredible podcast uh, called Major Frequencies, where he tuned after his cancer diagnosis into the healing power of music. I think you'll find this episode extraordinary. Major is a delight, and he has some really profound insights to share about creativity, about the arts, about the personal work of transformation, and about how to create great music, both literally and metaphorically. I think you'll get a tremendous amount of value. Please get ready for the one, the only major, just after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Simply03. Simply03 is my go-to source for all things ozone. Ozone has radically changed my life. I had exposure to both Lyme disease as well as chronic mold in my home and did a deep dive into potential solutions and found ozone to be miraculous. Uh, It has been a game changer in my life. I use the Simply O3 oils on my skin. I have a couple scars that I've been putting the oils on where I'm seeing the scars mitigated and it's amazing for healing. I also use their oxygen-assisted ozone device for both ear insufflation, so basically using kind of a stethoscope device that goes into my ears, which has helped heal uh, an ear challenge that I've had for over a year, as well as their oil bubbler, which enables you, you cannot breathe ozone into your lungs by itself. However, you can use olive oil as a medium uh, to enable the, the safe ingestion. And ozone is incredible for a variety of factors. It helps to strengthen your respiratory system. It helps to inactivate bacteria and viruses and fungi, parasites and yeast. It stimulates your immune system and basically hyperoxygenates your system, which improves your circulatory system. There are reports that it can help improve brain function and memory, that it can reduce abnormal heart rhythms. Obviously, one has to be careful with claims, but do your research. Google ozone therapy, and it has been one of the biggest game changers in my life. So if you want to get started, I did an episode with the founder, Michael Lowe. You can check that out. I'll link it below. And if you want a discount, you can use simplyo3.com and code PEAKMIND, and it'll give you a nice fat discount at checkout. Again, that's simply o 3 Peak Mind. This episode is also brought to you by one of my other new favorite companies, which is Leela Quantum, LeelaQ.com. Leela is incredible. I got introduced to them by looking at some of their dark field microscopy and the effects of EMF on our blood. We are now obviously all kind of in a mass experiment, which is 5G EMF is being unleashed on all of us, uh, whether we like it or not. And I have used Leela Q's incredible EMF protecting clothing 
as one of my great tools, especially uh, when flying. I, I put on the underwear. I wear the the shirt. All of them are silver lined. The hat as well. Obviously, when we fly, we're thirty thousand feet closer to a massive radiation source. But in addition, I've found um, that my sleep is disrupted when I'm traveling, and you know, like I was just in New York City, and I had no idea, but I wasn't sleeping well. And then I realized there was a massive five G tower right next to me. Um, so the the Lila Q is my go to source for blocking EMFs. I have their clothing. And I also have what is incredible, their quantum block. I have both the travel size quantum block as well as the larger quantum block. I did a an episode with Philip that goes deep into the science. They've done double uh, blind controlled studies, but it's been incredible principally for mitigating against the risks of EMF radiation in my home. He also goes deep into quantum energy and the quantum field, which I'm fascinated by. I think most most notably by the research of quantum energy as it relates to water and some of the microscope testing that has been shown as it relates to the energetics of water. And we are obviously composed mostly of water. Uh, but quantum energy is something incredible to look into. And I highly recommend you listen to the episode below. In the interest of time, what I'll say is do a deep dive into Leela Q's website, leelaq.com. And if you're interested, you can use the code PEAKMIND for 10% off your order. Again, that's leelaq.com, code PEAKMIND. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. I started to, just from a purely creative, I just was like, what, why am why would I want to go on the same frequency that everyone is using? Right. Like what, when I found that out, I was like, I have to break off of it. And it was just, was kind of like, in my world was like a far out thing. Cause everyone, but it's not that far out. It's just literally a different tuning, but it's just somehow we've gotten conditioned. Right. And it's yep. just the language that everyone speaks. And it's just what you know. So you just don't question, don't even try it. Don't even change it. <laughs> All right, welcome to Peak Mind. I'm your host, Michael Trainer, and I have the distinct honor of sitting with my man, Major. Major, it's Blessings, a pleasure, brother. Thank you for having me, man. Thank Uh-oh. you. It's uh, it's a. We already actually had half a podcast. We, we yeah, even had before we started, yeah. <laughs> but we kicked off. But um, we dive right in, you know. We we went right we went right for the deep end. Yep. No no plan. That's around. like the um the pop production formula. Now it's like. Not really a long intro. It's just like, boom, like the hooks, like right away, like catch them in the first second. So, yeah. I like that. Actually, I saw, I saw randomly Gary Vaynerchuk. This was a while back, but he was, he was talking to, I'm trying to remember which artist it was, but he had this idea of like, yo, you know, so many people get caught up in, in the creative process where they're like, oh man, you got obsessed about creating. He's like, what if you just created, literally created and published a song every day? Man, I, I had that idea a few years ago. I should have did it. I think that that what, what what was his thoughts about it? Well, he, what he said, and I think this could resonate with anyone out there that's creative, is we become too precious with shit. You yes, know, like it's like we overthink. Yeah, we overthink, and that that's not to say, by the way, like there isn't a place for like creating a really produced, yes. well thought out. Th- but but what he said, the way he was talking about it, is so many people 
get caught in the mental masturbation, basically, that they that they they forsake all the creativity and like paralysis analysis paralysis and i i I, you know i'm writing a book right now and i interviewed this guy who i love you may have read his work stephen pressfield he wrote Mm. the the book the war of art okay yes yeah and what he talks about he's like yo man you just got to get in a place where you put your boots on the ground he's like the muse comes to me but that's because i show up every day at my desk 9 a.m you know i couldn't agree with that more yet It's, it's almost like it's like that reminds me a little bit of that, like when Kobe Bryant was talking about like when he's shooting that final shot, like everyone for everyone, it's like so amazing. Like, wow, he's doing it. He's like, I shot this 10,000 times. I, I came and showed up so many. This is just another shot for me. Like the work's already been done. And it's kind of like like when you're showing up, that's like the, the part of it. And, and even in that you get something that, like you say, we might not be our most polished piece of work, but could inspire someone else. That's it. And you just mentioned Kobe, and now I remembered. Actually, he was talking to Nipsey Hussle, and and it was like, okay, he tr- you know he tragically met his end way too early. But I think, wow, like what if what as did Kobe? But like, what if what if there was every day, you know, for that two years, he had created a song, you know, the legacy of like all those pieces that that live on. I mean, for yeah. me, for me, it's personal. This isn't about me, so I'll keep this real short because I want to hear about you. But for me, this podcast, I thought about it. You know, I started recording this 10 years ago, but I was in my head about it. Mm-hmm. I waited five years before I published, mm. even though I had like episodes with His Holiness the Dalai Lama to like epic people that I, because in my mind, I was like, my ego messed with me. I was like, man, you can't go from hosting Beyonce on stage mm-hmm. to like some cat in his living room having conversations mm. like that. That's like a major career step down. Mm. And so for five years, I didn't record until I went to a date. I took myself on a date with a C Fleetwood Mac and there was a tribute to Tom Petty and I realized Tom Petty passed away and I was like, that that dude left his music in mm-hmm. the world. You know what I mean? That reminds me like that quote, don't die with your music still inside you. That's it. And it's true. And I mean, you're inspiring me even in some way. I mean, I have this vision of like I've been creating a file and I haven't really shared it, but great time. I've been creating a file just like, and when I'm no longer in this realm, I want my music to just be available for free for everyone to have like stuff that I've created, even ideas and demos. And I've been like, you know, passing it to my family, my sister. And, but, um, you've inspired me to, I had an idea of what would happen if someone came out with a song every day and I, and like, I create so much music all the time. And you're right, a lot of it, we, you know, I think, oh, you know, doesn't we think so much about it and it never sees the light of day, but it could have its own life. And when I think about it, a lot of this, like, music I've made that I, some of the early mixtape music I made that was strictly for the art, that it wasn't even available to be clear because it had samples and copyright things. It was just strictly on the internet. It actually got me um, some of the clients that I ended up producing, you know, great pop artists like massive hits later but because of those initial bursts of creativity that were like unregulated and unstructured and you know weren't put out the proper way they didn't have the top distribution it kind of like you were saying just from my room from my house just putting out stuff and it ended up leading up to things so you're right there's something there you know it just reminded me man i think that's beautiful because I thought about, so I watched this documentary about the Grateful Dead, right? Mm. And those cats, you know, they just finished their their farewell tour. But, you know, to have that kind of longevity, right? You're talking 50 plus years of music. That's incredible. But what actually blew them up, you know, from from these dudes playing in the Haight-Ashbury to like, you know, playing stadium shows around the world 
was they actually, one of the things they pioneered was the ability to let people tape their shows, right? Which was unheard of and, and to share it free, freely. And so that created that cult and that culture because people were so about the music and then they felt like they had kind of like a role in it, Absolutely. you know? And I feel they like- They were playing a huge role, yeah. You know, and, and, it, and it grew it into a movement. Absolutely. And so, and I feel like, so I feel like someone like you who's so prolific and also, by the way, like, I mean, probably outtakes with some of the artists, just for those listening, I mean, you know, you've worked with some of the biggest artists in the world, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many downloads, but you're not, you're over a billion downloads. Like, yeah. you're, you know, Grammy nominated, you know, like you're crushing the game and you probably have, I, I have no idea, but I would venture to guess a ton of music that you've not released, a you ton, know? Yeah. like your sketchbook. Yeah. And I think about, I mean, it's like a balanced thing I think about too, because it is like a certain, I don't know, I don't know if quality is the word, right? Because to someone else, there's been songs that I've been a part of that I didn't think were that awesome. And they ended up getting hundreds of millions of streams and something that I maybe thought was awesome and didn't, didn't get barely anything. So it's not always like you, like you don't know always as the creator what will resonate and when and why. Um, when I was thinking about two things that you said right there, um, for an artist to last long, maybe, and maybe this is just from the old era, maybe in this new era there will be a new mold. There maybe needs to be some sort of quality control um, unless your whole thing is just going to be that I'm doing a song a day, every, you know, and, and you keep that consistency because then consistency, I believe, can capture momentum, right? Yes. And momentum of energy. So you have to do it for long enough to really to really do that. Um, and I, and then there's also something that I think about, like, so there's some balance between like, how, what do you, what do you present? What stays in the sketchbook? But I think that they are right. There are so a lot in the sketchbook that would be amazing for people to hear. And maybe there's some new way with all of these new forms of technology that are coming out and ways to share where you're right. Like things aren't, don't have to be as precious as this huge, rollout campaign for this thing you know some things can maybe live in a, in a more of like a, di a digital diary type of form or sketchbook type of space that's for that um maybe would help a lot of artists too like something like that just a space where it's like this is understood that it's like a rough draft what hits me and i think you said that so beautifully and eloquently is I do think there's a right space for something that you put a lot of time and effort into. You know, like it wouldn't be right with my book. I've spent five years on it. If I like just published my process every day, like it would kind of like dilute it, you mm -hmm, know? Mm -hmm. Yet and still there's other things where it's like it finds its moment in time. Mm -hmm. So like I thought – I think about like Rodriguez, right? Like I don't know if you ever saw – so he was an artist back in the seventies. Cat, actually uh, from 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 your neck of yes, the woods, man, yes, Detroit. Yes, you know, yeah, yes. from Michigan. And he was massive mm -hmm. in South Africa. Had no idea, yep. right? Dude, no idea, dude yeah. was literally like, I think he was laying brick. Like he was an amazing musician, but like he didn't even know that like he was like the the Beatles in, in a certain country. Took you know? off, yeah, dude, yeah. And I love his music, yeah. But, but just like I think. I, I, what the essence of what I'm trying to share is I think there's ways in which our song 
in your case, literally, but both literally and metaphorically. Mm-hmm. We don't know who it's going to resonate with or when, Absolutely. or when, right? Like some stuff hits like 30 years later, you know? Like it's I have like, a great example of that. So yeah, please. I did a song, like right now it's my number one um, top. So Spotify does like uh, trending kind yeah. of like it'll rank like which songs of yours have the most upper momentum. Yeah. I released this song over 10 years ago, right? And it had about... I want to say like 20 million or something streams. And it was, which is, you know, 10 years, stayed there. Yep. 20 million, 20 million, 20 million, stayed there. Last year, TikTok somehow catches a song. Someone does a remix. They a dance, goes viral. Now that song, just on Spotify alone, has over 100 million. <sighs> oh, and on the other channels, it's growing. And it's 10 years old, over 10 years old. And there's songs that I've tried to put today that can't grow as fast as that. So... To your point, it's just like you never know when it will resonate and what, but it's like a wave, right? Like it's going to go up and down and at some point it might, and the thing about an artist that you got to be like, if you're really an artist, I believe you have to be comfortable even just like some of the greatest artists didn't even get their recognition through their lifetime. You know, if you think about even visual artists and stuff, like sometimes they didn't even, their, their value wasn't really seen until they were even there, but their art resonated long after. And then sometimes I think about what that, what you said about like the Grateful Dead, which is great about like, are they a jam band? Yeah, is that correct? totally. So, so something like that, it's like they are, they know that they are, because uh, that's a flow state, right? That's right. They know that they're connected to that and they can get back to that. So there's no fear of needing to hold it. Mm. They want you to share it because they're going to play something different the next time anyway. It's going to be a little different, maybe a little, you know, but it's just like, and that's what I noticed with great like creators and artists and like even like I have an example of Martin Garrix who I work well well, well with and we have a group awesome DJ one of the top DJs in the world of course will literally when he's producing music will sit me right here next to him like with the screen right there all the settings like show me everything he's like giving and then you'll meet a producer maybe like you know who hasn't had like their success and they're like y'all don't look at my Look at my settings, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I know those people. Uh-huh. Yeah, so yep. it's like it shows you, like, when you are when you are connected to that, you don't have to hoard it like that. And like, you know, that's it's inspiration for me. Even thinking, like, you can put it out, and if someone is, you know, you can make another one. Like, you can always make another one. Like, we can always make another show. We're creative, so we don't have to, like you say, be so always so precious to it. I think what you just said is is super beautiful, and, and and also there's a there's a depth to what you're sharing that also is is hitting me right now, because, you know, you were mentioned like for example like a song from ten years ago. So like for example, you know, like Lolly, huge song of yours went all over the world. It's close to I think we're probably getting close to probably ten years in, um, and yet you you just released major frequencies now. Those are two very different frequencies, let, let's just say. Um, and, and both, by the way, have a beautiful place. You know, like mm-hmm. I love 90s hip hop. I also love salsa. I also love classical music. You know, like I lo- and I'll, I'll get down to some Grateful Dead. So it's like every type of music has its place. But when you see one artist mm-hmm. that is producing at that variety, to me, that's super inspiring. I think mm-hmm. about like 
Bob Dylan, you know, like, yeah, he was like the, you know, considered the godfather of folk music, but then came to like the folk festival and brought the electric guitar, which was considered Mm. like, considered like, yo, like blasphemy in a way. But yet he was like, yo, don't define me by one thing. You know, put me in a box. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that, right? Because you had profound success, have profound success with what I would call more uh, popular music. And yet um, you also are creating... uh, this is my words, but my understanding is your own version also of medicine music, you know? And so how do, how do you think about that creative process and the versatility uh, of your, of your production? Yeah. Well, uh, I think the evolution came like uh, pretty much naturally, you know, I think about um, one of the catalysts for this kind of transition, just even thinking about is, zooming out and thinking about purpose, you know? And for me, the way that that happened was, well, I always had a vision, even when I was making, like, in my initial kind of music industry songs was really not thinking much about, like, consciousness or effect of, it, of the music or anything like that. It was more like, wow, this is fun. I'm making some beats. I'm getting, you know, to work with great people. I'm getting to travel and get money for me and my family, and this is great. Like, um, you know, making music for the kind of the mainstream audience and through my experience um i after i got diagnosed with cancer when i was like on the journey of already producing music that was you know reaching a lot of people and through that uh, experience so before that i had a vision of i was going to use the proceeds and the money and everything i was doing from the music to make a program that was my vision it was but it was down the line. So I was thinking, you know, this is going to help these kids and this is what it's going to do. And I had this kind of set up vision for what I saw for my future, what I was going to do. Um, so I was thinking, you know, the music is having its purpose, but the music wasn't really connected to the purpose. It was just like a vehicle in a sense to to get, the, you know, the foundation to, to do this. Um, and then as I started to go through that experience of just... Um, my own health experience, I started to get exposed to many forms of alternative wellness and different things and ideas from science and spirituality that I hadn't really heard before. And some of them still are a little bit far out for me. You know, some of them didn't resonate, but certain things I started to realize that there was a connection in the sound frequency itself and us, you know? So one of the things that first showed me that was, um, started learning about mantra, and it was actually Jay Shetty who told me, he was like each, he was a monk. And he told me, you know, before I didn't really understand what mantra was, he told me each mantra was a unique frequency set designed to change them to a specific state of consciousness. And through the repetition of that sound, they go to that consciousness. So I was like, oh, wait, the sound is, the frequency of the sound is having an effect, put you to the end. That's been passed down through the, tra- you know, to these traditions. So I was like, oh, that's really cool. Kind of like put a light bulb right there. And I was like, that's cool. There's a connection to that. Then I started going to like, um, I started hearing about binaural beats, which are, you know, came from a science perspective where it was two different frequencies and your brain basically syncs to the difference in it. And you could change your brainwave state, you know, measurably through like not like uh, an idea. Like, you know, we have different frequency states of our brainwaves, you know, alpha, gamma, da, da, da. And so when I started to learn that the frequency could change your brainwave state, I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like, you know, I started to like, wait, there's a connection in the sound. And so started to dive in head first, started getting introduced to things like, you know, 
sound bass and all these things and i didn't know exactly if it how it works but i felt good when i you know was in it but what kind of also connected me all together was when i started to get confirmation from my friends who were some scientists and i got connected with this group resonance science foundation and robert grant gave me a paper about why he had 432 hertz as the frequency that he felt would be uh more resonant for humanity and, you know, for the body and all these reasons why and ge geometrically. So then I started looking at it from that perspective and all of these things kept coming into my world and I was already producing music for, you know, a wide audience, right? So I was like, okay, this needs to connect. You know, right. it was a natural, like it just makes sense to connect it. And then just from a straight creative thing perspective, I started learning that, Everyone, um, every song is made on A equals 440, right? So that's a standard tuning that is music uses right now. So regardless of genre, if you hear a pop song, if you hear an EDM song, you hear a rock and roll song, artist, tempo, whatever it is, they're using the same frequency. So I was just like, hmm, I started to, you know, there's some people I don't want to get too far down that side, but there's people who have like conspiracy theories about why that's not the best for humanity. Mm. But... I started to just from a purely creative i just was like what why I'm, why would i want to go on the same frequency that everyone is using right like what when i found that out i was like i have to break off of it and it just was kind of like in my world it was like a far out thing because everyone but it's not that far out it's just literally a different tuning but it's just somehow we've gotten conditioned right and it's yep. just the language that everyone speaks and it's just what you know so you just don't question don't even try don't even change it and so um, to that kind of led me into what I call like, you know, I would say intentional music. And I put like sound healing in the quotes a little bit because even when you say medicine music, because I really believe that we are connected to healing potential already, mm. like infinite healing potential. You know, like we already have that. And I use the music like another tool, you know, just like when you drink right water, when we get the right exercise or whatever that is sunlight or whatever that is um our body gets in the right state to you know dial itself back in and so the music i look at that as extension so being really intentional and be able to be like okay the music acts as something that helps put us in that state where we really start to heal ourselves you know or comes through us you know in, in some way and um yeah that's already was given to us and baked into us already so that's what they say true healing is, right? It's like you already are your own healer, right? And I think actually in many ways that's where things get in trouble, right, with the kind of guru complexes or thinking like someone has the power and you don't. Mm -hmm. Whereas whereas it, at least in, in the way that I've been taught by a variety of different indigenous elders, you know, it's like the healing lives in you. And what, you know, I'll, I'll give an example. So there's this beautiful man, love to introduce you to him at some point, uh, named Jerry. And he's mm -hmm. a Diné, Navajo um, elder. And he's a road man, profound. Like, but I would describe it like this. Imagine you're sitting next to like Ella Fitzgerald on the bus. Mm. You'd have no idea what she's bringing until she sang, right? Like if you didn't know who she was. Right. Jerry was like that. Jerry was like he had keys. Now, it wasn't Jerry that was fixing you, but Jerry had keys mm -hmm. in his music mm -hmm. that were like, he would unlock a part of you that you didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, and, and by the way, like, he's not even, he's not wearing the regalia. Dude had, like, T-shirt, trucker's cap. But when he started to sing and move that rattle, 
You it was it, like, yeah. no, man. It was like Ella Fitzgerald. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, this is like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like unlocked. Like took a key, put it right in your heart, and you experienced aspects of yourself you didn't even know were alive. Absolutely, yeah. And that, that to me, that that that's what's up. Like I, we're share, I shared with you a little earlier this quote I just discovered that I'm – blown away by which is that beethoven quote right which is (laughs) music is a higher revelation than all wisdom you know music is a higher revelation than all forms of wisdom wow and to me i'm like preach you know (laughs) i love that (laughs) i love that i mean i think about also um when you that's where language is tricky it's also why music is powerful as well right because for some people, um, they will hear "you are your own healer," and they and the word "you" have like words mean different things to each person, right? True, so they will true, hear true. it and they won't, and they might um, maybe some people they need it to come through the lens of God is healing me, or the universe is healing me, or absolutely, and whatever lens that is. I think that getting in touch with that is what will actually heal the person. You That's know? what's up. Like whatever lens that is. And so like, it's funny, like I have these conversations kind of like with my, some of my friends who are doctors, right? And they and they, they will say like, they will say a lot of the stuff that we'll say here that you can we can talk about, but, um, you know, publicly they won't be able to say it because, but, but, but behind the scenes, he said, one doctor told me, he said that a lot of times my patients, some of them just want to hear a doctor say you're going to be okay. And because that's the lens that they view their healing is going to come through the science, you know, someone in that position saying that to them, they literally something happens and their healing begins. And so it's like finding that, you know, each person has that different thing and it kind of maybe related a little to placebo, but I think placebo also is a tricky word because it kind of makes it seem like it's not real in a way. Like it's, but there's all that to say there's like more and more um, the power of our mind and the power of our thoughts and ideas are becoming more and more evident. Right. And and, and that comes through different forms for, for other people. But maybe potentially why Beethoven even said that quote is because music can kind of transfer through all of that, you know, where words can are kind of like can be a little bit barriers depending where culture you're from you know especially language that's something we think about like even with the music like one of the rise i i believe one of the reasons for the rise of dance music in the way that it was is that a lot of it was instrumental and it removed a barrier of language so now this guy from france and this guy from africa and this guy from you know germany and this guy from london or whatever can all right there and there's no barrier to entry they're yep. all right there and that's what you guys did great with global citizens just all of those things bringing these kind of like worlds together is something that music can do for me so like that's why i love interviews but i often feel like tough to say what i'm trying to exactly say whereas a song i could say it pretty pretty good but i can only speak um they're both important because a song is like it's a different they're both like packets of frequency information. That's right. And it's like they're delivered in different ways. But it's funny, like with with, with music, it's like uh, you, you kind of get 
paid to like manipulate invisible frequencies. It's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? And it like these frequencies that you manipulate a certain way will have an effect on people's mood. It's like kind of like a magic or something. It, it is magic, it. Yeah. man. That's exactly what it is. You're mm. you're orchestrating magic. It's weird. Like I never thought about it like that until like way into it. I was like, wait a minute. It's just invisible things. And because of this certain collection of frequencies organized a certain way, like Adele organizes her frequencies a certain way and we crave that and we love that. And that organization of it around her makes us feel a certain way and gives us resonance. Right? That's right. Like when you, you know, hit the guitar string and if the other one's at the same rate, it'll literally pick up its frequency without being struck. You know, that's the resonance. That's what that is. Resonance is so. This is the, this is so. My, the book I'm writing is about this, wow. this notion. It's exactly this. I love so, it. what is the song that wants to live in the space between two people, and how Ooh. do we become instruments for that song? You know, because I think <laughs> that's really good. Like that. That's it, man. Like what? What is the music that wants to live? And and because I think where where we get in trouble on this, I think is somewhat analogous to what you're sharing about why words are imperfect is oftentimes we have this notion of how how we think something has to be. Mm. And we try to manipulate people with our words or we try to control things or we have. And so one of the principles I talk about is like you, it, it's beautiful to have intention. But what if you surrender expectation, right? Like <sighs> like like you I come in today like I'm, I'm pumped to have this conversation with you. Right. But like if I had a whole dot point list of, yo, I got to talk to Major about, like mm-hmm. you know, like it's got to go like this and we got to talk about this. <laughs> it's like, OK, well, then, then there's no room for what wants to live, what oh, wants man. to emerge, you oh, know. And, 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 and so what I what I love about what you're sharing is like, and man, it's evoking for me that notion of like that is what we can do. Whether it be music or, you know, at times words, you know, um, is we can evoke a sense of what is possible, you know, mm. and 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 that's what you are. You're an alchemist, you know. Same You're a magician. You. Same with you. Yes. Thank you, man. Mirrors, yeah. yeah, yeah. Makes a huge and, difference. And I think that 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 is something that is 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 both a, both beautiful and and is a responsibility, right? Because, like you said. You were talking earlier, and we don't have to go too, too deep into this, but you were saying, you know, most music exists in this particular frequency. And in a way, you were you were choosing after your um, diagnosis there, at least, and I, I'd actually like, let me let me not make assumptions. Let me ask, mm-hmm. how, how when, you were, when you were diagnosed with cancer, uh, and, and I have tremendous uh, empathy for that, my father had, had cancer, um, how, how did that, how did that, to the degree you're willing to share, how did that journey impact yeah. your decision to change frequency? Well, it, first, it um, thank you for asking that because I forgot to connect that point. It it made me throw. My old plan was to do something far in the future. It made me look to right now. So mm. being like you know focused, like when you're, I'm grateful to have made it. You know, still be okay during the journey, but. At that time, you, you with something like a diagnosis like that, you don't know what time you have, you know? Right. So any far out future plans is kind of out. So for me, it made me think of versus how can I use the, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, use the money from what I'm doing for this. How can I use 
the impact of the sound mm. to do my mission and my purpose to have intention. And that's where I started to say, okay, if I could put these things I'm learning about sound healing into music that is reaching already a wide audience, now I can have a impact that doesn't have to wait until I'm old. Mm. Now this can be starting to work and do things now. And the journey that it's put me on has been beautiful and like I've been able to get be inspired and inspire a lot of people along the way. Um, whereas before my thing was farther. So the, the what the cancer did and um, anyone who kind of had maybe faced like any type of medical emergency or anything is like it, it makes you think about like it reframes everything about, hey, you know, a lot of times we think we'll be here forever. Kind of, you know, we just don't even think about it. But, you know, it lets you know that there's like someone turned over the clock, you know, and that's the truth for everyone, you know, we, mm-hmm. everyone's kind of. Clock's ticking down a little bit, and it not to put it in a bad way or pressure. There's beautiful experience to be had, but just to know that uh, let's be more uh, active now mm. into what I can do. Um, so that's yes, that's what shaped it. That's beautiful. There's actually a saying. I, I had a gentleman named Ryan Holiday on the show. Uh, he wrote a book called "The Obstacle Is the Way," which I love. Beautiful. I recommend yeah, it. I like that book. Yeah. <clears throat> I like it a lot. But he, he so gave, true. It is right. Yeah. It, it, the obstacle is the way I can because because it sounds like that that tremendous challenge, which I wouldn't wish on anyone, was the impetus for for you for new music, new new perspective, biggest and, blessing, and, and a genuine uh, transformation. Yep. And he, he gifted me a coin uh, that, that said "Memento Mori," and that's the Stoic saying. You you like we already know, but for those listening. That is basically use death as an impetus for living, right? Not in a mor- morbid, morose sense, like in the West, we don't like to think about death. But I just got a calendar called Weeks of Your Life, and every week I actually cross out a week. Wow! And it's wild, man, because when you look at a picture of how much life you've already lived, and, wow. God, and God willing, you know, you're uh, I, I'm able to live till you know it's a nice, healthy, long age. Yeah. You still see, yo, like okay, yeah, like wow, it's all real. right, like. The clock is ticking. You turned you know? it all the way up. <laughs> exactly, wow. man. I it, took like, it right, far. Yeah, you faced it right head on. But no, that's. Yeah. I'm sure it. I'm sure it's been transformative for you. Yeah, it is, man. Exactly right because because I think unfortunately, and I'm still guilty of this. I think any of us, right? We like are, you yeah. scro- scroll on social media, you get in that little rabbit hole. You're we not are, you're like. mindlessly or whatever. But like other 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 stuff, like where you're just like. You know, like I'm going to choose not to commute to work because I don't want to spend two hours of my day sitting in a car, man. That is not my time is too precious for that. That's a small thing, you know, or like or like, you know what? Exactly. You know, I know I've been saying I got the golden handcuffs. This job is comfortable. But fuck that, man. Like this is toxic. I'm out. You know, like like what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. and, and, And and I think that we all have those things where we're like, we know at our core, it's not right. It's not right for us, let me say. Uh, or let me make it personal. Certain things in my life where I'm like, you know what? This isn't my song. Not resonating. It's not resonant. No. Nope. And then when you when you look at it through that lens, like, as you just discussed, when you look at it through that lens, then you're like, all right, if this, li- if this is the pr- one precious life we get to live, and by, and by the way, in my own view, if you have which you now I can imagine appreciate more than most. But if you have your health and you got time ahead of you, you won the lottery. You know what I mean? Like we 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 talk about health like oh well. you got to get money like you know Steve you and I were off camera talking about Steve Jobs. 
that cat would have given up all his money, all of Apple stock, everything to have one more year of life. We all would, yeah. We, anyone would, At right? At the last moment, yeah. If someone says, yo, you, you give it up or you, you're going to give it up. Yep. You're going to give it up. But it reminds me also of what something which you said about like, um, and you were talking about earlier, we're going with flow. And you, and I was going to mention the book Surrender Experiment from yes. Michael Singer. And you said to surrender. And I was like, yes, because it's really, it's really that. It's really when you're able to... Trust, eh? Mm-hmm. You know, that comes with trust. And a lot of that comes with the state you're in. So through meditation and all these things, then you can start to use your, you know, your purpose for your highest good. Use your life, your 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 one life that you have. Start to think about what can I do to, you know, what is the, what do I really want to do? What is purposeful for me? And then from there, it's just like, you know, starting to do it, you know, starting to do it. And like you said, a lot of us, we put it off so long and we're, and we're all guilty of it. You know, we, we're like, ah, I'll do it later. Yep. Uh, it, but it, oftentimes when we get to it quicker, it's like so rewarding. Show up, just even showing up, you know. It's it's it's, it's one of the most powerful things you can do. I'll also, I like that you shouted out Surrender Experiment. One of the other things that I just did this week that was a game changer is uh, I don't know. If, are you familiar with Ho'oponopono? Have you heard of Ho'oponopono? That? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I forgive you. I'm sorry. Yep. I'm sorry. I love you. Thank you. Yes, that's yes. it, man. Hawaiian you hit it. prayer. Yeah. You hit it. Hawaiian prayer. And that's, that's uh, a great prayer, man. I'm gonna tell you what. Um, you know. Uh, I, so my father, you, uh, you didn't know this, but my father had dementia after he got cancer diagnosis he then got dementia diagnosis best thing i ever did was i i actually then knowing that he had a limited time i said dad i'm gonna take you anywhere in the world you want to go mm-hmm. and he he was a humble man like like you were from the midwest grew up in chicago and and he he would you know he wouldn't he wouldn't he didn't want me to spend my money you know so he would have been like you know like take me to wisconsin or like let's go for an ice cream or something which would have been meaningful but i was like you know what i want to i want to do something special so Long story short, I took him to South Africa because I knew he loved history. Wow. And, and I knew he loved nature. Wow. That's, that's fire. I'll tell you what, best gift I ever received, my dad gifted me long walk. To, oh, so I lo- I gifted him long walk to freedom because we, we we went, we visited uh, Nelson Mandela's probably Mike. Nelson Mandela, Dalai Lama. Like the, those, those are, those are, are yeah. like the, those you the know, guys, those, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And, um, and so we we visited uh, Robin Island. We we traveled all through the country and and uh, and and I gifted him that book for that year for Christmas. And and as he lost his way, you know, he he read that book so many times and he regifted it to me. You know, as he was losing his his cognitive abilities, and for me, it's like my most prized possession wow. because oh, I man. think about like you know our time together and that gift and when when he was when he was making his transition you know i did that ho'oponopono with him and 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 i just sent a letter to my mom's where i was like you know we we were in a bit of like uh you know we had, we had hit a challenge you know and i was like let me take a moment and just be like go through this you know here's what i appreciate about you here's what i love about you you know please forgive me i forgive you mm. and for anyone listening if you've got you know i will just say from personal experience yeah let me tell you what that is a reckoning because that's a game changer because you just release all that yeah. weight. Now I'm not saying it's everything's perfect, hunky dory, but but what I will say is if you take those real steps of like letting go of the stuff that we because I think a lot of our dis-ease, I'm not I'm not in any way you know taking out actual like biological causation, but mm-hmm. but I do think a lot of us carry you know stuff that doesn't serve us totally and resentment and whatnot. 
And for me, um, you know, those, those the, the, that prayer really, man, it, it, it worked magic. Absolutely. And, and often in, um, I, was, I was listening to like the power of forgiveness, right? And like, what is, what comes with that? And like you said, we're holding on to a lot of energy that we don't even know sometimes. And just by, by expressing that and being, and be, being able to forgive others and ourselves, which is often hard for us to forgive ourselves. You know, real, so we need to say that, say that, that, uh, poem to ourselves. But, uh, when we do that, we let go and they talk about like, that's one of the things to the layers of, of kind of healing and also allowing your, you know, yourself to heal and, 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 and that inner healing is, um, like when you release that, they say stress is one of the biggest things that causes, like, as you say, disease, right? Like yep. stress is a huge contributor to, uh, like bodily function breakdown, you know, totally. like it's just huge. Like, and, and, and everyone knows it and everyone feels it. So just by simply releasing to that and reducing that, um, you're going to feel better. So, and then from there, um, you know, can't pour from an empty cup. So the more we're in enriched and feeling good and thriving, we can help more. So it's actually like sometimes we get to this thing where we don't want to be selfish and we don't want to take care of ourselves. We want to help everybody else. But it's just like the airplane, right? Like if you don't put your mask on first, like you can't put their mask on. You you ran out of oxygen. So that like we just have to always remind ourselves of that. And, and, I, and I think it happens to a lot of us, too, who have a compassion if we want to help so much people. Right. And we're always going out and we drain our whole battery and now there's nothing to help with. So. Yeah, you you hit it right there, man. It's like uh, the battery. So one of the things, this concept that I've been playing with in the book is this notion of b battery and black holes, right? Which 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 goes to the medicine of people, right? Because I think a lot of us have, were trained with this notion of givers and takers. Like you, you know, like you, you've been in the music industry, I'm sure. There are people that that, that they just want to take from you, you know. But then <laughs> there then there are people probably who give you, like oh, it yes. sounds like, like for example, you know, Garrix or Bieber, whoever, whoever it is in your life, like they they they, they bring you energy that, that that are that are that are source for you, you know, like the sun. I think about that, like the sun gives us light, but doesn't ask for anything in return, you know. It's it's a cosmic battery, and to me, like. In life, there are people who are batteries. Like, and and to me, the barometer for that is how do you feel when you're around mm. them. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And and then there are black holes. <laughs> and certain people, you know, no matter what, they just you don't feel good when you are you know yeah. around them. And and that to me is like, all right, well, you know, some of that you can't control, some of it you can. But but by and large, the more that we can be batteries yeah. and also surround ourselves with batteries, I feel like that that to me is also the juice. Yeah. It reminds me of that book, um, The Celestine Prophecy. Yes. And I talk love about, that book. Like the energy vampires yep. and stuff. And some people even some people is subconscious. Like they yeah. don't even know that they might be taking energy. Some people, you know, some people even like will subconsciously like c create a conflict or something to get energy from the situation. Yes. So the more aware we are, you know, the more we can be in tune with that and know what frequencies harmonize with us and which ones are dissonant. And what I started to um, look at, even something related to what you said earlier about um Dissonance and like you know, it's just maybe it wasn't in my song. I mean, in a way, but yeah, right for my song. And I think about that with with people, right? Instead of, oh man, that guy's an asshole or that guy sucks, you know, 
it's just like a note, right? And maybe this note and this note together doesn't sound so good. Maybe it sounds mm-hmm. a little clashing. But if you keep that same first note and add another note, maybe it sounds like a beautiful chord, mm-hmm. right? It matches. So maybe that person's frequency, whatever they are now and the energy is just not resonant with your chord. It sounds, you know, it's a dissonant energy with whatever we're doing, but not a bad note. There's no bad note. They, maybe it sounds great with someone else. And so viewing it like that has helped me as opposed to kind of like looking at it like, oh, this guy. So, and, and then you never know also if our frequencies can change. And so later on that note may be harmonious, you know, with us with where we are at that point and where they are at that point. And they may work well together. So that's the way I've been viewing it lately. Man, you just hit, you just literally like hit the nail on the head, you know, like that to me, that's it. And, and that's actually the exact topic that I've been thinking about for the last five years is like, what if instead of it being personal, right? Like, you know, because so many of us, like the number one regret of the dying is that they never took a shot at living life on their own terms. You know, mm. they never took a chance at living their own life in the way that was their own song. They never sang their song, never their unique song, their song, you know. Wow. And, and to me, I was like, well, how do we encourage people to like, yo, take a shot and, and sing your song? And, and many people don't do it because they're so afraid of what the judgments of other people like that's the that's the thing and i was like you know mm-hmm. i had that i had that for many years clearly like uh, even in, in launching this podcast mm-hmm. but then i was like you know what sometimes people resonate with us sometimes they don't and, and and like just as you said it takes then it takes the thing of being personal out of it out of it you know it's like look you know you might like metallica and respect to metallica it's just not, it's probably not the music I want to be hearing on a day-to-day basis, you know? But, like, you're playing, you know, like, Beethoven or you're playing, like, Tribe Called Quest or you're playing, you know, that's my kind of music, you, you know? Like, right. it resonates. Mm-hmm. So it's like someone who digs Metallica doesn't make it any bad, but, like, it's just to say, like, that's maybe not my kind of party right now. So, so then it's like, okay, if you just think about it, like, hey, you know, you sing your song and the people that are resonant will find you. You yes. know what I mean? They will come to you. And, and that's the beauty of what you're an exemplification of, right? Because you have actually... And not not that you do it because of that, but you've been you've created a song that's resonated and literally you know reached over a billion people. You know, like, and, and to me, it's like, wow, okay, you know. And yet, you're always you, you still have the courage, and this is the other thing I think many people to continue to reinvent your song, to not just stick with like because like a lot of people have that like sophomore slump, right? Where it's like you know Elizabeth Gilbert has a book called Big Magic, and I'll be I'll be honest, like for me even you know after we created Global Citizen Festival, it, it was so big. Like for her, the equivalent was when she wrote E Pray Love, it was so big that book. You're like, yo, next thing I create, probably never going to be that big. Mm -hmm. And then if you get in that mindset, it keeps you from ever creating. Ever creating, yes. Right? But like what she said in that book, which was healing for me, was like, write write a kid's book. Make a coloring book. Mm -hmm. It's not about it has to look the same way. It's like that you stay in the muse and that you keep creating, you know? And so to me, I just feel like if we can stay in our creation, that that is everything. That's it. And 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 thinking about like what you said there is being childlike. Yes. Right? You brought up a crazy point with that, a childlike. And and a child is open to dream. They're open for what's possible, you know. Um and 
A lot of times the judgment or why the reasons why we stop things is like if you look at a kid and you ask them to sing or dance, right? A really good little kid, they'll do it. They'll do some silly dance. They will have fun and use their voice. They'll sing. But there's some point that usually happens where someone says, ah, you're no good at that. Like there's one point usually people can remember at one point and they stop. Most people like have a point where they're drawing or something happened that they like doing, but then someone said, I, this thing's uh, it's no good. And some people stop. And then, uh, you know, um, like you say, afraid of, afraid of judgment. And, and it happens to all of us is we've all been there. And, but when you can like tie an awareness on it and say, okay, that's where that came from. Now I can know that it's, it's, and you can take away the personality, the personal bit of it too. Like maybe that person, was going through their own thing or like there's a Jay-Z was talking about that. Like he showed, he showed his uncle, his rap demo. And he was like, suppose his uncle said, uh, you'll never be as big as LL Cool J. <laughs> 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 and I believe he said it cause, cause Jay remembered it. Right. Yep. To say it. So I believe he, cause you know, those moments, yeah, you totally. know those moments when somebody said like, but luckily for him, he kept that childlike dream, right? Didn't let it stop. But for a lot of us, it, it, it does end up blocking our path. And so when we can reconnect to that childlike spirit. I asked you a question while we were on our walk that I would love for you to share. Uh, because we were talking about, you know, music and optimizing music and where people listen to music you know we were talking about i think it was like a jack harlow song was was popping out of this car stereo and you're like you know now we now i i plan for that right like so you're thinking about how and i share that not just literally but i think metaphorically like how are people going to receive and where are they going to receive yeah. your music? Yeah, and so what happened was we were walking down and we heard this song playing. And as I was listening to um, the, the song playing out of the guy's stereo, I was listening to the, like, the frequency range, like the response. And I'm hearing it like it was very, very light on the low end of the frequency range. Like it probably, probably stopped, like not to be too nerdy, but his thing maybe stopped at like, I don't know, 200 or 300 hertz, which is like not getting the full low end. So I was thinking it's, it's interesting. Like we, um, we'll sit in these studios, you know, with all this massive equipment and best speakers and best immersive sound systems and creating all of this stuff. Um, only to sometimes, uh, double check the mix on an iPhone or, uh, <laughs> yeah. or on a laptop or, you know, like the little computer speakers, you know, try to, or like a car with a limited system because you want to be conscious of where the listener will be listening to it. You know, a lot of mistake that, um, a mistake that sometimes I see, like mostly like I would say probably newer producers coming in is like, um, not, not doing that check. Right. So they get it sounding great. The mix sounds great. It's banging in the studio on these big speakers. It's found in fire. And then it goes out to the world and it maybe doesn't translate. The mix doesn't cause you know, people aren't listening to it. So, that's like really a metaphor for being um, intentional for how your art is received and being like um, almost being kind to the to the to the to the receiver of it and letting them receive it in a way that uh, sounds good for them yes. and in their world and works for them. And, you know, whatever it is that your art you're creating, uh, try to really meet them where they will be receiving. And I think is a, a great tool to connection. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, and what it evokes for me. 
and again, everything you're hitting is is like things I've been thinking about for the last five years. And, and w- w- what it hits on is 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 the notion of like the love languages. I don't mm-hmm. know if you yeah, clearly you are familiar, <laughs> but for the, for those listening, you know, um, the notion of like what what is someone's love language, and that can be of course romantic. You know, like there's quality time, gifts, words of affirmation, experiences, but it can also be platonic, and I think. It's a game changer when you start thinking about where is someone going, how, where and how is someone going to perceive this, you know? Mm. For, for example, in the context of interpersonal music, you know, I shared like my mom loves gifts. Like that's her love language, right? For me, I don't, I don't really care. I'm not much of a gift guy, you know, but, and I, you know, I would fly in, you know, and you're from, you're from Detroit. I fly into Chicago during Christmas and whatnot. I'd be like, man, I took a week off, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm flying in for me. These are all like my love languages. I'm like, yo, I'm showing up. But for her, it was like the token of the gift. Like whatever I got her for Christmas was more important than. (laughs) So what I mean to say is. It's not about me speaking in my language of what I value. Yeah. It's about what she values. What she values. And that's the thing, right? It's yeah. like, that's the thing. Where does your music hit? And, and yeah. where, how are they going to be receiving it? Yeah. And that's also like a thing people think about with like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that term. You heard of code switching? You heard of that? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And, I, and it, you know, some, there's some people who will laugh at someone who's like maybe talk super professional at the job and then with their friends like, oh, what's up, man? You know, like a completely different but I think it's a little bit like also, you know, it's a little bit of like respectful in some way of like considering who you're speaking to. Like you speak to your grandmother a different way. And, totally. And, and it's, it's considering how they will receive the information. Like it's not, uh, it can be a little bit like, oh, I'm just going to say how I say it. I don't care how they receive it. I'm being me. But you're, you're a little bit robbing yourself of the opportunity to be considerate of like how are they best going to if communication is really to like exchange you know if you really want them to get it and maybe thinking about what form they will get it best in is 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 good and sometimes for music that might be this song needs to be wrapped in a beat of this style right Mm. for this genre because do these people seem to resonate with this whatever this rapping of it and maybe you could take that same song strip it down and you could produce it in a whole different way that will resonate with a whole different type of people it's like the production is like the uh, clothes almost like the jacket you know and you can put it in a different style that so depending how you want to um translate your message or put it out there you can choose the appropriate structure yes i think that's i think that's super beautiful because i think people don't think enough about who's listening and how they're receiving something you Mm. know and i feel like like what you're talking about, even with code switching, it look, it makes sense. And, and, and matter of fact, like, you know, like I'll tell you what comes to mind. And this is not to be political at all. Right. Like I think about someone like Barack Obama and to me, and I have a huge amount of respect for him, <clears throat> but I think he was very good in all different environments. He maintained who he was. In other words, so the challenge with code sh- uh, shifting is when someone tries to be something someone they're else. not, yes, you know, yes. <laughs> and you can tell they're, 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 they're front and, you know, they're, they're coming just, a little too strong. You're like, crazy. okay, man, yeah, like yeah. You, you put a little too much seasoning on it there. Right? But, 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 but when you think about <laughs> someone like Obama, what I like is there's a guy, obviously he's in the white house. Uh, he can speak to anyone, uh, 
but he maintains who he is regardless yeah. of, the, of the environment and circumstance. Yeah. And he'll give you a little sauce, but yeah. but 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 he but he knows <laughs> he, he knows the room he's talking yeah. to. I'm thinking about that clip right now. You said Obama. Have you seen that clip where he's where he's handshaking everyone and then he daps the one guy? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> uh, yep. And the guy, like you know, they they connected on the handshake. It was smooth. It was like yep. maybe he was like, no, this is the best. This is the best communication method right now. That's you know? it. Which is uh, what they call like good emotional intelligence. Totally. Because you got to be able to kind of, like you say, read the room and know like you can't talk to someone's grandmother the same way you could talk to your best friend of 10 years. That's right. You got it. You don't have to, but if you want to be respectful, you know, then you maybe would consider how they how they take it. That's exactly right. Um, Okay. I want to talk about mindful of time. I want to talk about a few things. I want to talk about tuning Mm. and I'm and, and not just tuning. Uh, in the context of 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 music, although I'm I'm very curious about that as well. You know, I asked you on our, our walk. I was like, "What's more important, uh, adding or or subtracting?" And I think that that's a metaphor for life. Uh, I'd love your I'd love your take on that. And then I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about tuning. What are some of the things, practices, elements of your life that bring you back into tune? Into tune. Wow. So that's great. So in regards to the question about um, adding or taking out, um, I have a saying that I tend to say to myself often when I'm producing a lot, I say it is when in doubt, take it out. So it's like if I have a question, does this element need to be there? Should I add it? You know, then I go to reduce. And part of that lesson was learned, um, like I give credit to great people I've been able to work with. One of them is um, who's become a friend now, but they're the producer Stargate. And Mikhail Mm -hmm. is um, my good friend from the group. And one of my first times working with them, we produced this beat together, right? So they played some sounds and I I produced, and I threw all these crazy sounds in there that sounded so cool to my, you know, to me, so cool. So many layers, right? I pass it back to, to, to bro. I'm like, here's what I did. And Immediately they pull up the files and listening, mm, keep, keep, delete, 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 deletes like, I want to say 60 to 70% of the tracks. Wow. And kept only, so part of me initial, it's like, <laughs> you know, your heart is like, yo, it's like, you know, it's like someone you write in your book and someone's like, ah, psh, yep, rips that paragraph's out. gone, yeah, just gone, cross yep, it off, you yep. know. But then you go back and you read it and you look and I listen to it and I'm like, oh, they kept the elements that were necessary to make, to get the essence off. And it actually gave space now for everything else. So one of the, one of the things like, you know, if you're a starting producer, a lot of times and mo- like we want to impress, I think artists, we want to impress so much that we keep adding, adding. And a lot of times it, it, it overwhelms, like being, it's talking about being considerate of the person consuming too much information is going to overwhelm. Um, it, it, it's going to overwhelm their brain. It, it, if you give it to someone slowly, it gives them a chance to digest it, to breathe, to understand it. We're talking about space and we're talking about builds. And you think about music, like it's like a, there's a, there's a, a, a build and release, you know, it's like a tension and release. And there's that always that when you're giving someone information, if you give them just small bits, it's easier for them to process. And that's, if you look at a lot of the great pop songs and hit songs, they'll give you information, you know, and it might be spread out. You know, maybe right here, the drums will come in and then a couple bars later, 
the bass might come in a couple hours later, the voice might come in, they didn't just put everything right there at the beginning because your brain is like, whoa. So I definitely believe in the, the um, you know, simplicity is the essence of elegance um, a, approach. And then as far as tuning, I believe that it, it, it relates in that um, you want to get like, for me, tuning is very important because like we're talking about the frequency of sound and I've been, I just had a conversation with someone, I believe like frequency is everything, you know, um, <coughs> the reason why we see certain colors is because of the frequency that, hold on, oh <coughs> shit. Let me start. Get a little. That's all right. Get a little water here. <laughs> we get our Coco Loco break real quick. <laughs> so, for me, tuning is everything. Um, the whole world is is frequency. Uh, everything we experience, even more than the world, but everything that we experience is uh, primarily kind of as a result of our senses' reaction to those specific frequencies. So, you're hearing my voice right now because of the sound wave frequency hitting your eardrum and being translated into your brain and to say a certain thing because those frequencies mean a certain thing. We see the light that we see because the color reflects that, uh, the frequency of that color reflects that and based on the frequency rate, rate is what color we perceive things. And so it's it, that's a tune, right? It's a, it's a vibration. Um, there's ones that we don't perceive with our senses, but are very real, like a microwave, obviously, heats your food. It's a certain frequency tuned to that thing. Boom, now shakes the water molecules in the food, and now it's vibrating, now it's hot. Telephone frequencies, you know. So everything for me is, is all about tuning. So when I think about, like, going back into tune is one of the first things that comes in is with all of these external things. These are all about senses, right, and all about looking at what's coming in is going inward, so going inside and almost, in a sense, shutting out those um, sense things. So, so for me, um, that looks like meditation. And I, it's a daily practice I have where I'll sit and I literally will focus um, on my breath, focus on connection with uh, whatever that part of myself is that is telling my mind to sit down, which is not my mind. We're usually identified with our mind, you know. So connecting with that and just being there it gives me a huge retune, and everything just seems to flow after that. Mm. It's so it's so it's so uh, important. I think when we find our center, then we're able to come back. You know, tun- tuning practices I think bring us back to center. Meditation for me is is one of the most profound. Um, the other thing that came up that was evoked by what you were sharing was cymatics. Are you familiar with cymatics? Absolutely. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah, man. So for those listening, there's a, a Japanese uh, gentleman by the name of Emoto who, who visualized the frequency of music as it's played through water, which in my view, water is one of the highest and most beautiful spirits on the planet. It's the source of life. We are all composed uh, predominantly of water. Of water. And what he showed was how frequency affects water yeah. and intention and uh, words and music. And you, you see it visualized in this way that is so profound because you see, you know, how our words, how our thoughts 
actually contribute to the well-being of others. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and even if and there's those cymatics that um, they show, there's the emotional ones where they show like hateful words. That's right. Created a dissonant pattern. And then there's also the ones where there's um, vibration applied to sand or a plate and yes. water. And it, depending on the frequency, it creates beautiful different shapes and variations just naturally by the vibration the water will form a certain frequency or a certain shape and you know it's just amazing the power of vibration and sound and what's really going on it, it really is um and i anyone listening highly encourage you guys to go deep down the rabbit hole on cymatics yeah uh, it's what's up okay so let me because we haven't we started the conversation uh but we haven't gone into it yet Tell me about this new project. Obviously, we got major frequency. Yes. Um, now you were just telling me about maps and you know, sort of this new project to the degree that you're able to share. Yeah. Uh, please, please share a little bit about what you're about to create. Absolutely. So we made the show Major Frequency with Audible and my partners from Audio Up, and it was a great show that about the power of sound. Um, for healing through the spiritual and science community and what music, you know, the power of sound and had a great response. And it's because of that, we're doing, a, uh, you know, another season, a show with them. And one of the, the things that we've, you know, I've been passionate about and just feels like needs to be explored just today in this current time is, uh, it's called psychedelic frequency. So, um, you know, with the rise of just many things with during COVID, a lot of things came up with as far as like mental health, as far as like uh, anxiety, all these things came kind of more into the public conversation. And one of, the, one of those things was also things like microdosing and things like psychedelic therapy and treatment. And there's a lot of people it's long been um, connected with the creative community. And through my experience with the show, we, we interviewed, I, I just started to learn, discover how it's been in a lot of religious traditions. It's been in a lot of spiritual traditions through time, psychedelics and and uh, the going inner and through different states. Because some of those are uh, activated through ourselves, through meditation, through breath work. Some of them are through working with therapists. Some of them are through psychedelic substances. But these states have long been, um, you know, places where people have gone for spiritual exploration or for, you know, wanting to grow or wanting to uh, advance in some way. So we just really made a show about the connection of it to creativity, to music, to, um, the brain. And then also like some kind of, uh, information around it, a framework to give people a safe space, give people information from people that they can trust and give them the kind of tools to navigate and to have success with what they're doing, um, in exploring these, uh, all of these, this whole world, you know? So, is really a guide and just a uh, act of something I felt was kind of necessary too. Cause even if you just look out there, even in terms of a lot of like, there's no real information on how much do it take? What do I, you know, how do I do this? What's, you know, one of the things they talked about that I thought was very important for each medicine that they talked about was um, set and setting. Yes. And, you know, having the right environment. And and, and these are things that, you know, I feel like uh, people starting to explore these and people who have long been on this path is, makes a huge difference. We talk about intention. We talk about like all of those things. That, um, and there's a definite, uh, I've, I've come to believe there's some type of intelligence connected with these uh substances, spirits, whatever you want to call them. And they are uh, medicines, drugs, people call them many different things. And when we direct it with intention, it 
works more powerfully. That's been my experience. Mm. So one of the shows just intention to look into that. I think two things you mentioned so so powerful. One one is there is a bit of a of a renaissance happening. I think I personally draw a distinction between psychedelics and plant medicines just based on age, right? Like uh, many of the plant medicine. This is my own mm-hmm. distinction, but many of the the sort of sacred plant medicines have been used for millennia, right? Like. Um, you talk about whether it be peyote, which has been used in records over 6,000 years. Um, same with San Pedro, Wachuma, yep. ayahuasca. Tough, tougher to get the records because, but they, they found a pouch of a, from a shaman over 2,000 years old. So these, these plants have, I say that because to pay respect to the heritage and the people from whom these, these medicines have been stewarded, right? Because I think that's another important aspect to the set and setting that, that, you know, now, you know, we're currently recording in Venice, California. Um, a lot of friends curious about about psychedelics. Mm-hmm. But I don't think enough do put the the right intention, in my own view, into how to do it in the, in a safe way, in a beautiful way, in mm-hmm. an honoring way. Mm-hmm. And, and also honoring the, the medicines, uh, the traditions, the cultures from which they come, as well as preparing themselves in a safe way yes. you know like it yo if you're gonna go sit i'm just gonna be extreme but like if you're gonna go you know we were talking about this earlier like medical care like if, if i need surgery i'm going to the cat who went to harvard that's been practicing surgery for 30 years yeah if i'm gonna go for psychic surgery i'm going to the equivalent you aka the, the page the curandero who i have huge referral from over 10 people have recommended they've yep. been practicing their whole life 40 i'm not going to my friend <laughs> who was a model that had a, a, a crisis in conscious went to peru for a week yeah, and now thinks she yeah. can serve uh, ayahuasca that yeah. is not who you're going to yeah uh, those are doors you don't want to open with those people <laughs> so um so i think it's i think it, obviously we could have and i'd love to have a conversation with you about this another time ago deep when you when you when you launch uh when you launch this project but it's so important and you're bringing up such such powerful distinctions that aren't unfortunately spoken about enough when you talk about the intention with which you approach these these medicines the reverence as well as um the set and setting you know where yeah. where and how you take these um have huge implications uh, on your experience. So absolutely, super beautiful that you're that you're putting this forward. Thank you. And to just uh, go off what you're saying there, I think um, when you're thinking about like who do I take it from, right? Uh, yeah. I think that's almost the same way I look at it. It's almost the same thing. Like who who would I take advice from? And and I look at it, it's mm-hmm. usually someone who is in a state that I want, right? Or they have something that, like, I think a lot of times, like, and I've done this before, we've all done this, like, sometimes taking a mistake, like, advice from people who have no idea of, of the thing I'm trying to do. Like, they're telling me about, like, I don't know if it's, say, I'm trying to get into the music industry, somebody who's not in the music industry. <laughs> exactly. And has never been there. No, don't do it. Is telling you do this. And we take the advice, and it's like, why? why would you... You know, so it's like you get, like you say, you want to find somebody that maybe is like exemplifying what you want to be more of. Real talk. And you see that in them and you, and you say you get the experience, you get people, other people's recommendations and they say, no, this is this. Okay. And I think that that's a good, uh, to follow for psychedelics and just also for just in general, like in general, like following, like getting advice from people who, have what you're trying to ask them about, you know, I'm not going to get business advice from someone who doesn't know business. I'm not going to get, um, 
That's right. A haircut advice from someone who doesn't know how to cut hair. It yep. doesn't make sense, you know, but we do it all the time. And, you know, and, and oftentimes people will throw their advice in and they don't know what they're talking about. That's exactly right. And I'll add to that because I think that that is so beautifully said. All right. Like, don't seek advice from someone whose life you don't want to emulate, you know, like and also that someone who hasn't done what you're looking to do. Uh, number one, <laughs> like that's first principle. And then two. I think as it relates, especially, I would say, I'm just going to go ahead. I'm, I'm not going to go off on a, on a deep tangent, but like, let's, I'm going to talk like shamans. If someone calls himself a shaman on Instagram, sorry, <laughs> that's probably not who you need to go to. Like most of the people who are true people, what I would call true people that work in the field of, at least in the plant medicines, obviously psychedelics, you have an emergent science, Johns Hopkins doing research. You've got a lot of people who are now like psychotherapists. Uh, and that's why I draw a bit of a distinction. But in my experience, those people generally lead with humility mm. and they lead from a place of service. Mm. And, if, and if someone's trying to push something on you for a, a cost wow. and they're trying to sell you something, that's wow. another thing in my view to do, yes. draw a distinction. Red flag. And there's, a, and there's a lot of dudes out there also and women, I'm not, but, but also they're like – you know, take the, you know, like just like there's dudes in the clubs trying to get the models in the clubs. Yep. I hate to say it, but there's also dudes who like wear the clothes and yeah. they want to, you know, have the beautiful women who it, you got to be real careful is all yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. And generally speaking, rule of thumb, humility, grace, and get a lot of referrals from people you trust. Absolutely. Because yeah. when you're dealing with something like spirituality and things, you know, people are really vulnerable in that state and they really come in to really be better and you unfortunately do get people who take advantage. That's right. That's right. So you want to make sure, to, you know, to to protect yourself from that and to work with people who are going to keep inspiring you, lifting you up, not trying to, like you said earlier, drain you and take. That's it. The black holes. You mm -hmm. got to find the batteries in your psychedelic find the batteries. explorations. There it is. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Let me ask you, because we didn't touch on this earlier, but we talked about it on the phone and, and I, I think it's super beautiful just as it relates to major frequencies. One of the things you did that I thought was super beautiful was you chose to record sounds endemic to these regions that you felt had healing, right? And 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 that was across the board, right? Like I think Japan, um, Egypt, uh, but even also places in the U.S. I I I love that you are 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 grounding your music in sounds endemic to that place. What what inspired you to do that? Yeah, we thought it was really important to honor the traditions of each, um, you know, of, of the music that we, of each place where we travel, right? And, we, and because I've got so much wisdom downloaded, like you talk about music wisdom, right? Like went to these places and got so much, um, it, it, A, for, uh, for honoring the, the tradition and then B, for, uh, storytelling, like you can take someone, directly to a place through sound and through sound design. And so that was one of the main things we wanted to do was utilize the power of technology to capture some of those real moments there and really um, engaging with the, the, the essence of being in that place and bringing that to someone wherever they are. So mm -hmm. almost the sound can act as like a kind of transportation device into this location was how we viewed it. So 
a lot of times we did, you know, uh, immersive sound design. There's things panning from this ear to this ear as this person walks past you. You know, you hear the bugs, the raindrops on the rooftop, you know, all of these things to give you that real feeling that you're there and to be authentic to, you know, those places and the traditions and how they, you know, how they represent themselves through music. Mm. Beautifully said. Uh, where can people find you and your work? Where's the best place to find you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on all, all social media through M-A-E-J-O-R. I'm a major, and I spelled it like that. My grandmother's name was Edna May. She passed away. My other grandmother's Annie May. So M-A-E-J-O-R for grandma. Um, so just if you type that in, um, you'll pretty much see most of what I'm doing. Um, the show is a major frequency. Um, if you type that in, you'll, you'll be able to get an insight into kind of what led me on this journey. And then, um, yeah, I also have a band, Area 21. Um, you can check that out on Hulu right now. It's with Martin Garrix, and we have a whole kind of uh, outer, outer, out of this world experience um, that's there. So, yeah. Beautiful, man. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I, I've not seen you and Martin uh, yet, so I'm looking forward to. I'm looking yeah, forward to that. that Area 21 live on Planet Earth. It's yeah, on, it's on Hulu right now. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna. I gotta get my Hulu on. <laughs> um, man, I just want to take a moment uh, to acknowledge you, Major, because you know. Um, uh, you know, we haven't known each other that well, but I've known you for a few years, and I'm always inspired by someone who has achieved what is perceived of as success in a certain field. And the gravity, I think, of staying in a particular way of how that could look is so strong. And for you to have um, confronted um, your cancer diagnosis and used it instead of as an opportunity to shrink, but but use it as an opportunity to expand and to redefine also your own notion of what that music is that you want to share and to do so in such a way that it evokes the possibility of, of what frequency can live in and through that space between you and those you share that music with is, is truly an incredibly beautiful, I think, legacy. And I just want to honor you for your commitment both to reinvention but also to the music, right? The music that wants to live and and your ability to continue to adapt yourself, to continue to be open to the the deep listening of that which which moves through you as a vessel. So, wow. man. Thank you for saying that, man. That makes <laughs> yeah. me really happy, brother. Thank you. Yeah, man. This, this is, is awesome, real, man. It's a real pleasure. Thank you for taking the time. And uh, I'm honored for the conversation. Thank you. Blessings. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with the one and only Major. Please give us both a shout at M-A-E-J-O-R Major and at Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-T-R-A-I-N-E-R, Michael Trainer. Let us know what you got from the episode, uh, what value were you inspired. Please also take a moment to leave a rating and review. It helps me get amazing guests and I am committed to adding as much value to you guys as possible. So please go ahead and hit the subscribe button. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, go ahead and take 10, 15 seconds to leave us a review if you found the episode meaningful. Please also feel free to share it with a friend. And as always, you can support our great sponsors. We're so grateful for your time and attention. Thank you for 
sharing that time with us. I hope it was meaningful and impactful. Sending you so much love. Until next time.